Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Watch Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. It is Sam and Greg in for what is now officially the steakhouse on this uh, first day of 2024. Good morning, Georgia. Morning. And a good morning. Happy New Year to you fine folks up in Woodstock. 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 I got a friend up there that works over there at uh, Compass Tape. Works for, works for Eric uh, Goins, the uh, president of the SAG After Union. Okay. Okay. Shout out Christine up there. She's she's one of the people that one of the actresses, actors, I guess to say, who, who do the taping for us knuckleheads who <laughs> are going there and trying to get <laughs> roles. So anyway, man. Hey, what you got to say about Woodstock? Oh, Woodstock. This is a great area up there, up in Cherokee. You know, all Woodstock and Canton, all up in that area, and yeah. um, come off that exit, and then smoke's flying all over the place because it's Williamson Brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm just saying. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> I forgot about them. Yeah. They got some nice cars, though. Hey, yeah. They got some real nice cars, nice Cadillacs. Um, coming up, we are going to give you a, a radio replay. I'm not going to tell you what it is just yet. I'm kind of surprise you with it, but that is coming up. But let's spend a little time getting ready for tonight. And these, well, actually today, because there's a noon kickoff. That's you were right three, early. In three hours, we yeah. have our first uh, bowl game of the day, LSU and Wisconsin. And, and <sighs> Garrett joined us earlier, and he was he was giving his thoughts on that Wisconsin program and just this game overall and what LSU has looked like. And when he gets a second, I'd love him to join us again. But um, Well, they're playing this game at Raymond James in, in Tampa. It's the game formerly known as the Outback Bowl. Okay. I got to go to the game when it was the Outback Bowl. Let me tell you something. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, I don't know. You know, the sponsor now is uh, ReliQuest. I don't know if they bring Bloomin' Onions out to you before the game starts. But that was like you get a blooming onion, and you know, at halftime you had a you had a steak. Okay. Yeah, that's, better that's, than cold pumpkin pie. Is that what you're saying? Oh, much better, much better, <laughs> much better, man. You wanted to go to the Outback Bowl now? That's up in the press box, you know, for the game. <laughs> you mean everybody got an individual one, or they had one yeah, like on man. the table? Uh, uh, you know, you no, got your you own blooming onion. Got your own blooming onion, man. Okay. All right. Well, out, it was the Outback Bowl. You got to have Outback. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you think about this 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 matchup? And do you have any thoughts? Wisconsin is what they are, but LSU sitting at nine and well, three. What are Wisconsin? Because this is their first year with the new coach. Um, you know, coaching change. You get, get, get him came over from Cincinnati, and so um, and they lost their quarterback to Florida. 
Yeah. Yeah, he jumped into the portal and left. I didn't expect much out of Wisconsin this year. That's that team that has these spotty wins throughout the Big Ten. Give you give you thoughts that they might actually do something, but fall back. But at, know, le- with- at least they, they do it in an interesting and not like Iowa. Man, Iowa is just a good place to go take a nap. I don't know what that is. Tennessee's going to have to fight to stay awake playing them dudes today, man, because Iowa just, you know, their offense scores, what about, like five points a game or something? Yeah, but or they, got more, they, they got a couple more wins in Tennessee. They're, right, they're ranked higher than Tennessee. Yeah. So I don't know what kind of a snooze fest you think. Now, I don't know how many guys jumped and are going to be a part of this game. But other than the Iowa and what you said about them, and by the way, that's a very funny picture. Um, but to sleep in an Iowa game. Yeah, that's that's what it's good for, man. You ever been to Iowa? I've been to Iowa. I've been to Burlington, Iowa. I've been yeah. I've been to the Quad Cities. Really? Yeah. Well, that's the other side of Illinois, right? So you and know, you, you you go it, out I eighty or eighty eight, whatever Iowa it is. Thing. You see, NFL look like us there? No. I, I, it, okay. No, I did not. When I was, I went to a place called Bur- I went to a place called Burlington, Iowa, in the back. No, I'll be honest with you. Here's what I, it was. I was been to Iowa. This was my roadie. This was my roadie days. Okay, yeah. so the band we went. I mean, other than us and the band, we went to a place called the Ramp and played there for some corporate function. And that was the only time I was in that particular city. And then when you get to the Quad Cities, that's different. Yeah, there are folks look like us because, you know, you got folks on the Illinois side and you got folks on the Iowa side, Davenport, East Moline, Moline, and, oh, what am I missing? Oh, Benton, Benton something. That was one of the things you had to remember early on, the Quad Cities. Okay. But Iowa is, I mean, listen, it is what it's supposed to be. It's farmland. Okay. It's people yeah. focusing on, on the agriculture. The, the, and I got to say, the football team does something really cool because what the children's hospital yes, is situated absolutely. so they can look out into the stadium and watch the game. So that's, to me, that's something that is a remarkable tradition with Iowa football, and that's, that's true. But what do you say to the people who ask you what or when is – or when will Tennessee look like the Tennessee – that we've kind of know. Even going back to last year when they were, was it two years ago when they were, you know, had a Heisman Trophy level quarterback. I just all of a sudden forgot his name. Um, the quarterback for Tennessee who got injured. Um, oh, and man. then Hooker. Thank you. Hooker, Garrett. Hooker, Hooker. And, and you know, you they gave you reason to. Well, it was a, it was a flashback. It's a flashback to Tennessee being Tennessee again. Yeah, and you I mean, thought Tennessee this was it. Of, they're going to open that well, door again, and they're going to be a presence. You, 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 you feel that way, and they still can. Tennessee is one of those brands. You know, Tennessee is a great college football brand. Um, they've had some inconsistency. They made some coaching changes where maybe they shouldn't have, um, and so they were they're kind of made to wander in the wilderness, if you will. And so, um, you know, they. But you got back to things being interesting to them being competitive, and I think that's what you want to see with, 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 with Tennessee. That's what's expected. The SEC is better when Tennessee is Tennessee. Just like we're talking about the Big 12, it's mm-hmm. better when Oklahoma and Texas are Oklahoma and Texas. Um, now they're both coming to the Southeastern Conference. I think the Southeastern Conference is better when Tennessee is Tennessee, and they haven't been Tennessee for, you know, for, for, for some time. So, um, I mean, they're, they're trying to get back there. I think they got a coach that they're finally going to stick with for a while, but they still have the same things all the rest of the teams have to deal with is that's transfer portal. And is it good and bad? That. Is it good or, or, or not so good? Are you just happy that it hasn't been the case that Kirby hasn't had anybody pushing him on the east side? Um, as far, I mean, we know what they got over there on the west side. They're not playing them regularly. But, you know, this, this was a thing. Tennessee, Georgia, ten, uh, Georgia, Florida. 
Um, I mean, well, that's the thing with the it, Southeastern Conference. There's nothing Conference. going on over on this side that pushed Kirby a little bit. And, and would you like to have that? Well, you you, you, you want to see that. You hope that Florida gets some traction and get back there. And every time it seems like they take two steps forward, they take two steps back, right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's just been that way. Florida and Tennessee are two great brands in the conference that haven't been that in recent years. Meanwhile, Georgia's been maintaining and just out-recruiting everybody. Um, you know, that's the thing. It, it's tough because you're talking about coaching changes. And now the team, the players change anyway. Right. But what happens in the SEC, a coach comes in, he's got three years. He's got three years to show something that he's going to get to a certain place. Meanwhile, the players are looking, are we going to get to Atlanta? Are we going to get to the SEC championship game? Because if we're not, I'm bouncing, I'm going someplace else. So you got a constant change with coaches. You don't have a lot of leadership on teams. You got great athletes, but they're not great teams. And that's around the SEC. That's that's at Arkansas. That's you know, and you wonder mm-hmm. why these teams always stay in the same place. Kentucky managed to rise above it a little bit. Missouri this year is a team yeah, a that, thing, that was yeah. able to rise above it. You always have one or two programs in the conference that rise above the normal, but man, the ones that stay at the top are the ones that have that lockdown on recruiting. The others are trying to like Auburn. Auburn is trying to rediscover their brand. They're trying to rediscover who the heck they are. Um, and, and that's and all that a time when here comes Texas with the big with the big wallet with the big check coming in off the, the side there big wallet you know what I mean and so that's that makes it such an interesting time that's coming up in the Southeastern Conference but you wonder why certain teams programs stay where they are it's because that coach is there for th- on a three year or less and if, 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 if people don't uh, don't see a change. Uh, players are not going to stay put. I mean, that's to me, that's one of the one of the ways that Georgia State was able to go up and beat Tennessee when they beat them a few years back. You know, Georgia State had some players who had been there together and played for a time. They worked all season to get ready for that game, and the Tennessee team didn't have an identity. They didn't mm-hmm. know who they were. You hit them the first game of the season, they didn't know who they were. Great athletes on the field. You know, you know people talk about get off the bus. Right. Team, team get off yeah, the airport and, players. Yeah, you walk through the airports. Boy, that's a <laughs> good looking good, team. Yeah. It's a good looking team. Of course, Tennessee is always going to recruit superior athletes. But were they a great team? They were not a great team. And in the third and fourth quarter, Georgia State was pushing them up and down the field. They didn't have any leaders. They had very few seniors on the field for that team. And that's what's happening throughout the SEC. So, I mean, while SEC is seen as the great conference and the best league, you got the people at the top, but the ones who are in that middle – at lower level, they can't get out of that. It's tough to get out of that and sustain it. Well, Tennessee's showing you that. And it's funny that you say that because you can say the same thing about what's been going on at the Big Ten. It's been Michigan and Ohio State at the top for the longest time. And then you had the also runs. We mentioned Wisconsin a little while ago. And that's about to change. You get these West Coast teams, they're going to come in with a chip on the shoulder because y'all making them go to to play a volleyball match from from California to Rutgers in the middle of you know in the middle of the winter and they're going to make these 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 trips back and forth so that's going to be an interesting um watch as as this this team this this conference gets bigger but here's what I wanted to ask you and I want to bring Garrett in on this as we focused on talking about the SEC and what will happen as far as the teams in the east my curiosity is given all the you know what that Florida State has gone through, not talking about them being left out of the playoff. I'm talking about them trying to leave the ACC. Okay, that's not going to happen, at least anytime soon. 
So I want to ask you about this conference. Does, in your mind, as you talked about some of these other programs, Dabo Sweeney turn things around at Clemson and they become the powerhouse again? Or does Florida State continue with that chip on their shoulder? Maybe Miami step up. And a little while ago, we were talking about Georgia Tech. My question is, what does the ACC look like in your mind in the next couple of years? Next next couple of years. Yeah, moving forward, given what we know now is happening, given what we know at the portal, given you know we know what we know about who's there, is right. it going to be Clemson and everybody else? Is Florida State going to stick around and, and put a chip on their shoulder and battle back and forth with, with the other teams there? Does Georgia Tech, you know, step up and, and, and start to rebuild this program where they become considered a, a major force in this conference? I mean, I'm just curious the, the, about the, these guys. The, the two teams in the conference that haven't come up to where they were when they entered the conference and what the reason, the reason why they were invited, and that's Miami and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, man, is just, you know, I mean, they, they look good in their bowl game they played recently. Can they recapture what they had? You people forget what a great program they were when Frank Beamer was coaching up there and how, mm-hmm. how, 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 how tough that program was. Um, they've, they've slided. North Carolina, how long is Mac Brown going to stay in, you know, th- this time around? Uh, and when, at what point does that affect recruiting? And because and people say, well, you know, he's only going to be there for another year, only for another year or two. I, that's the other thing with North Carolina because we were expecting great things from North Carolina this year mm-hmm. at a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback, and that 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 kind of did, didn't happen. So I mean, some of the teams that you expect things for teams that join this conference to strengthen the football in this conference need to be those teams again. I mean, Clemson. I always said Clemson was the the ACC team with the SEC mentality. You know, they'd rather beat you in a football game than a basketball game any day. Um, and so the rest of the ACC for the longest time was basketball first at Duke. We're going to tolerate football season until we can get the basketball season. What we really want to do, right? <laughs> yeah, football, but we were talking. We, we were talking about some of those basketball powers in in football this past year. That's true. That's true. That's true. Where, where Duke got off to a great start and, and and played well, had a good had a good season. You know, Wake Forest has had some some great seasons as well. NC State is an enigma. Mm-hmm. Because I keep waiting to see what are they going to be? Are they going to be a contender? Are they going to be where they are? And they kind of like right where they are. So we'll see what happens. But right now, coming off the season, Georgia Tech has a chance to be in that middle of that, in the middle of that of that of that conference. Is what I look forward to them doing and, and just uh, having a really great season, great recruiting class coming in. I'm looking forward to next season with Tech. Next couple of years, I look to see them up there, possibly being a, a conference uh, a contender. There's a first day for everything you have learned if you listen to Sam and Greg. And today was the first day recorded um, in, in history. The first recorded bowling match took place at Knickerbocker Alley's in New York City. Wow. Yeah. Happened on this day. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein was published on this day. Ireland joined Great Britain, forming the United Kingdom. All on this day and today, God bless them and and salute them if you get a chance to, the Navy SEALs were formed, were established on this day, 1962. So all kinds of stuff. I'm going to try and get to some of this stuff that I haven't got to. Insignificant information, some of it, some of it very relevant. We still got some birthdays to get to, too, too. But we got an interview coming up next, a radio replay, radio replay, if you will. Coming up next is Sam and I sit in for the Steakhouse on this January 1st. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio, 929 The Game and 929thegame.com. Sam and Greg with you, wishing you, each and every one, a happy new year. You're listening to us around the area on 92.9 The Game or on the Odyssey app. You can hear us anywhere. And a shout-out to all of our essential workers um, who have to uh, to work today. They can't go out and, you know, they worked all through the night, some of them. You know what I mean? Just watching the seat, watching the roads, making sure everybody made their way home after getting out and celebrating and whatnot. And we thank them for what they do always. But especially on a holiday when everybody else is kind of lounging in and or just enjoying people or cooking their black-eyed peas and greens or whatever. You're Did you get your can? By the way, we all got our cans. We got we got our black-eyed peas for today. Got the black-eyed peas and go, oh man, yeah. Little sausage in there, Garrett. Yeah, you got your black-eyed peas. Hopefully, they ready to go now. Speaking of which, I bet you that Bob Rathman has a different perspective on our purple rain, purple haze, Prince versus Jimi Hendrix perspective. You think he was at one of them Hendrix concerts? I, I, no, I don't know if he's at a Tim, Jimi Hendrix concert, but I think he... He may have, Bob may have, man. You know, he. I think he, he realizes and recognizes the pioneer that the first guy who had a song that made the charts with purple in it and his contribution to the world of rock music. Well, music, period. Yeah, music, period. Yeah. So Absolutely. would you do the honors, Miss Crenshaw? Absolutely, man. Always great to catch up with this man and a great way to bring in the new year, especially especially a morning after a big win on the road for our Atlanta like Hawks. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the voice of Atlanta Hawks on Valley Sports and Valley Southeast. Uh, Bob Rathbun joins us. Bob, happy new year. Happy new year. Hey, guys. Happy new year to you all. Good morning. I, see, you hear that voice, Sam? Yeah, and not only do we when we see him, he oh, we got a smile on his face. His voice sounds like a smile. It does. You know what I mean? It <laughs> well, just well you know, if, if you get to do what he does, you smile too. I mean, he like he like just like a, a bottle of Sprite. It's all effervescence and bubbly <laughs> and everything like that. Go ahead, man. <laughs> uh, 
Well, thank you for that. <laughs> always great to catch up with you, Bob, and always great to talk about this Atlanta Hawks team, especially coming off a win. Um, that was great to see. Thoughts about what we saw yesterday afternoon uh, up, up in Washington. It's a great way to end the calendar year. Oh, they needed a win so bad, Sam. Four straight losses, and in all four of those games, the Hawks had a double-figure lead and let it get away. So to be able to finish it off yesterday was a step forward, I think. And it got a little shaky there in the last two minutes. But the Hawks overall, I thought, played their best game in quite some time. Four guys had double-doubles. Trey was absolutely amazing. Uh, with 40 points and 13 assists, Jalen Johnson. Oh, my goodness. Did we miss him? <laughs> Getting him back on the floor has been just a breath of fresh air for this basketball team. And the energy he brings, he was tremendous yesterday. He had 24 and, I think, 13 rebounds. Just great. And now it's time for this team to pick themselves up and, and get going in 2024. we got some ground to make up. Bob, one of the things that Sam and I and, and people that we've had on the show talk about when we talk about this Atlanta Hawks team, one of the words that's used is chemistry. One of the, the other things we talk about are guys getting healthy and coming back. But the other thing is defense. And defense is, not, is one of those things that we like to say won't to. And as we get into the second half of the season, what are you looking at when you, or what are we looking at when we look at this Hawks team and that – I guess, commitment to playing defense. Uh, do you like where it's at right now? Do you see it getting better? What are we looking at? Yeah, I think it is getting better. I think, you uh, you know, having Hunter back, who's your uh, arguably your best wing defender, will, will make a difference too. And this is going to sound like a cop-out, and I don't mean it to sound that way at all because this team has defensive issues, and I'm not dodging the question at all. But I think in the NBA today – we have to, we in the media, we as fans, have to adjust our perceptions of what defense is anymore. The, the way the game is played today, with teams routinely taking 50-point shots, the skill level of these shooters, uh, the old days of 100 points being a barometer uh, has, has gone the way of the dinosaur. If you can hold a team, and I told Quinn this, it used to be if you could hold a team to 22, 24 points a quarter, you were really good defensively. And you give up around, you know, somewhere between 88 and 102 points, and you were really considered an outstanding defensive team. I think we have to change that paradigm. I think now if you can hold a team under 30 points in a quarter, you've done a pretty good job defensively. Because I'm telling you guys, this three-point shot has changed everything. Washington yesterday took 53 three-point shots. Now, they did not shoot a high percentage, but they made 17. That's a ton of points. They outscored the Hawks by 15 points at the three-point line. It's just a different game. Now, do the Hawks need to get better defensively? Absolutely. They give up way too many points in the paint. Uh, they they yield a lot of open shots that they should not that are clearly defensive breakdowns. But I think going by points allowed, we got we've got to change that. Spending time on the waitfor.com outline with Bob Rathbun uh, this morning uh, talking Hawks basketball. And he is social. Uh, you can find him always at Bob Rathbun TV at Bob Rathbun 
TV. Trey Young and his leadership, and I, you know, I, I've heard him talk more about leadership this year, Bob, than than at any time since his arriving here in Atlanta. Um, and I think a lot of people want to see that. And you talk about defense. I think the last couple of games he's had three to four steals himself in the last uh, two or three games that this team has played. Talk about him inserting himself and being more of that leader uh, that this team desperately needs. He's, I'm not saying he's one of the gray beards on the team right now, but it's still a young team. A lot of young guys are learning the NBA game. Sam, I think he's having the best year of his career, and I think it's a direct result of having Quinn Snyder as his head coach. Uh, you mentioned the steals. Uh, he's, he's trying his best defensively. Look, Trey's not going to get any bigger. Uh, he's always going to be susceptible to the post-up and the pick-and-roll because when teams need a basket, they can isolate him. But that said, I, I really think the kid is doing great. You know, he came to us as a young man uh, one year out of Oklahoma, played one way, knew only one way, and has adapted, I think, to the NBA game. He is now married. He's a father of two. The maturity that comes with that, I think you're seeing that on the court um, yesterday had it rolling not only with his points but also his assists. I don't think he gets nearly enough credit. Uh, I don't know that there's a superstar in the NBA that passes the ball more than he does. I mean, this guy has led the league in total assists the last two years. He's second to Halliburton, who's having just an unbelievable year yeah, yeah. passing the basketball. And he's right there with him. Uh, so I think this is the best version of Trey that we've seen in Atlanta, and I'm happy for him. I think he takes a lot of grief uh, for the things that he doesn't do, and we tend to overlook all the things that he does do. And he's he's really made an effort, and I think Quinn has done an outstanding job with him uh, since taking over this ball club to get him to the point where you know he's taking charges. He's stealing the basketball. He's doing the things that he has to do to when he's out there for 40 minutes a night. Bob Rathman joining Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com on this New Year's Day. You mentioned Quinn uh, about three, four times during this this segment here. And I'd like you to take a second and tell me, tell Sam, tell our audience something about this guy that we don't know, whether it's basketball-related or him as a man. What don't we know about him that may surprise us? Oh, I don't know. I think Quinn's pretty much an open book. I think the one thing about Quinn that people might not understand because they can't get into practice like we do and, and see things is the fact that he is such a hands-on leader. Uh, at practice, guys, he is talking to everyone. He touches everyone. He's interacting. And I'm talking about from Trey right on down to the staff, everybody who is in that gym. And he commands uh, great respect. And I think a lot of that, of course, is his track record. He's been a very successful coach in this league for a long time. And he's been in the game of basketball coaching for a long time. So he's got a great perception of the international game. He relates to the international players. He's obviously a former point guard, so he can relate to that aspect of the game. Offensively, I don't know that we've ever been better. Do you? I mean, we don't have any trouble scoring points. We put up 130 yesterday and could have had 140 if we'd hit our free throws like we should have. So offense is his, I think, his number one. I think he is. He's got fantastic defensive principles. But I think the thing that most people, Greg, would would kind of be astounded at 
is just how hands-on he is 24-7 with this ball club. Well, Bob, I want to ask you about the, about the East uh, before we let you go here. Obviously, the four teams at the top of the cast of characters that we kind of expected to be there in Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, and Miami. Orlando is there, and obviously this Indiana team showed itself during the in-season tournament. Uh, thoughts about those teams as being teams that the Hawks have got to find a way to, to kind of reel in and, and get in position with? Yeah, I think the East is pretty balanced once you get past those top three. Uh, lots of good clubs. Uh, some have underperformed, for sure. Uh, Toronto comes to mind. Uh, maybe the Knicks to some extent. Maybe Chicago to some extent. So I think the Hawks' opportunity is certainly there. we gotta, we got to get our butts in gear, for sure. But I think Boston is a cut above. I will say this. I think the Philadelphia 76ers are Boston's equal. Now, I don't know if that's going to play out in terms of the regular season record, but getting rid of Harden has turned that ball club around. Tyrese Maxey has exploded as a star. Embiid is unstoppable. And I I think they could give Boston all they want if they were to match up in a playoff series. I have questions about Milwaukee because I don't think they're very good or as good defensively as they have been. You can't lose a guy like Drew Holiday and not be. Um, so I have some questions about Milwaukee, but I think Philadelphia's Boston's equal. I think the challenge for the Hawks, let's get back to 500. Let's put a, a yeah. good run here in January at home with all these home games coming up. You know, fellas, we were on the road 17 days out of 31 in the month of December uh, and finally got back last night. We still got to go out next weekend, but at least we got some home games. We have had such an imbalance of, of a heavy road schedule take advantage of these home games but uh the east is is interesting and we got one coming in here i'm not a western conference team but we've got i think one of the great surprise teams in the league coming in here wednesday night in oklahoma city i think they and minnesota are for real uh so it, it's going to be fun i think the hawks got their work cut out for them but uh, i want to see what they can do i think getting at home and Having that crowd behind them, you got to turn this thing around at home. We've been we've been pretty good on the road. Nine and ten is outstanding, but we have not been good at home, and that has got to change. Listen, this is not the question I want to ask, but as I was listening to Bob Sam, I was thinking about those years when the Hawks used to split for a couple of weeks. Remember when the circus used to come to Atlanta? Oh yeah, man! And man, it just like disrupt the whole basketball season. Oh, that long West Coast trip, man. <laughs> that long West Coast trip. I was thinking about that. Anyway, Bob, listen, we can't let you go without having uh, your thoughts on the in-season tournament and its inaugural season. You know, I thought it was a success, didn't you guys? I did. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was uh, Sam didn't like the floors. He didn't like the way yeah, the floor I think was, it was too bright. <laughs> I think it was something that was needed. It gave the players a jolt. They're so competitive. So you get them something to play for, and you see that come out. You know, a guy like LeBron, who has nothing to prove to anybody, anywhere, anytime, took it to heart, wanted to win it, and did. So I think it was a good thing. I think there'll be some tweaks going forward, but I like it. Uh, I do think there are some unintended consequences that are going to come out of it. And that is the way they had to reschedule games. The Knicks, let's say you're fighting for a sixth seed versus a seventh seed. And all of a sudden you look at that Knicks schedule, they got to play Milwaukee five times. Nobody else has to play Milwaukee five times. They've got to play, you know, these, these tougher teams just because they made it. 
So Philadelphia, you know, gets Washington as an extra game. And if you get a seed higher, just the fact that you had another game against Washington, uh, there's some inequity in that. So I think when we get to March and April and and some of these inequities are are more pronounced, uh, you might hear some complaining. So the tweaks will come. But overall, Greg, I liked it. I thought it was good for the game. All right, Bob Rapp. Before we let you go, there's football today. You watching any football? Who do you oh, like? Oh, yeah. Now that I'm home, haven't been home in a month. So, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to watch the uh, playoff games tonight for sure. But I'll still have the NBA on in my iPad. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Happy on New this, Year. Uh, on this New Year's Day. A happy New Year to you. Look forward to seeing you down at State Farm and lots of home games coming up this month. Lots of opportunities for people to get out and see the Hawks in person here in town. Now let's get things turned around and get this season going in the right direction. Yes, sir. Guys, happy New Year to you all and to all the fans listening. Wish you a healthy and prosperous 2024. There you go. Sounds like he just just ended the broadcast, didn't it? Sounds like the end of the Hawks broadcast. Let's go to commercial. (laughs) Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. It is Sam and Greg on the first day of 2024. Hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you for letting us be a part of your first day of the year. Mr. Crenshaw, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. I didn't ask you like to start the show. I just always like to just check out. You just say, how you doing? Yeah. I forgot to do that earlier. And Garrett, too. Garrett, how you doing? Never asked you what you did last night. Other was, I mean, well, you had a house full of people. I take it back. You did mention. Well, not a house full. We we did have some folks over, and I mean, we had a good time, and um, got to watch the uh, some NFL action, and then turns over to what is it, Dick Clark's? Yeah, yeah. yeah I watched. Yeah, Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, with Ryan Seacrest. Can I ask you a question? Else. Were you ever old enough to see actually Dick Clark? Did you ever like watch any of his stuff? I have no idea who Dick Clark is. <laughs> Are you serious? I told you, Sam. I told you, man. <laughs> I just look. I know Johnny Carson and like I, I guys okay. like. That. I mean, it's like I I, I'm you. assuming I'm just, that's who it is. I, I don't know. I know some some someone out there just <laughs> careened off the road because I said that. <laughs> I don't know. I I see Dick Clark's whatever uh, New Year's special, Rockin' Eve, Rockin' Eve. What I, I don't care. I mean, it's it's all the same stuff, right? Mm-hmm. 
but fine. who he was as a as an as was he an entertainer or music? something? Well, he okay. Oh. Sam, would you like to take this one? I mean, Nick Clark changed New Year's Eve because it knew, wasn't New Year's Rockin' Eve. I mean, before that, it was like was Guy it New Lomb- Year's Rollin' Eve or what? It, well, it was New Year's Eve with Guy Lombardo's <laughs> orchestra. Is what they showed it to you, really, man. The, oh, the, man. the version of Old Lang Syne, that that's that was what was on, and they said, okay, we're gonna change this, and and Dick Clark, obviously, from all these years of. I was just going to say, you hosting. buried the lead there. You didn't tell him who, why he became that person. Well, yeah, but for all, those years, all those years of hosting American Bandstand, he was very well connected. He can get all types of acts to come and be a part of New Year's Eve and make it something different with more contemporary music. And so that's the thing that Dick Clark did for, for, for New Year's Eve. Now, Dick Clark's no longer with us, but um, I guess his company still produces it, obviously, if his, uh, if his name is still on it. And... Um, you know. Do you know about American Bandstand, Garrett? I don't know that one. Um, you know Soul Train? Oh, I know Soul Train. That's 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 just beautiful. I mean, that's absolutely. He knows Soul Train, but he does American Bandstand. And again, you pay attention to what you pay attention. You gravitate toward what you're comfortable with. This dude was. He started American Bandstand. That was like the first American music show. That I mean, that that highlighted acts, bands, singers. And he started it in the 50s, right? And and came all the way up through the 80s. Um, Soul Train did it. I think they, uh, Don Cornelius started that in the late 60s and just in just Chicago, then moved it to the West Coast in the early 70s. But, yeah, that's who Dick Clark was. He introduced us pretty much to everybody's pop music, you know, post-Elvis, post-Beatles, you know. That was that was that dude. But again, it ain't about making fun of you. I'm not trying to do that. I want to make that clear. No, you know, no, no. I, don't, I know you're not. It's just, yeah, okay. I don't know. Dude was born in 1929. I mean. <laughs> oh, you looked him up already, right? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I sure did. 1929 is a long time ago. Yeah. Seacrest hey, is, he, I'll tell you what. And I think started He started his career uh, down at our sister station. Seacrest. Oh, yeah. Star 94. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Actually, I, oh. I did. He and I had the same job, my first radio job, that like on air. Right. Was overnights on Star 94. And that was his too back. Except well, the difference I, was he was 18. <laughs> I was not. And I thought he started, it, it was, what was it called? Power 99 then. Um, there was a guy named Major Tom who's now an actor here locally, but he was on there. But uh, yeah. Um, anyway, we can get off this subject. But when you, when you talk about that, the, Ryan Seacrest is this generation's Dick Clark. Fair statement, Sam? Um, I guess. You know, I, you know, cause he does a lot of other things than just that. He's been on the morning show. But He's that's been, but American know, Idol. It, it, given where we first got introduced to, it was about introducing acts. I mean, it's kind of, and then he morphed that into something much bigger. But Dick Clark had that show with Ed McMahon forever. That blooper show, they did that thing forever. He did other TV shows. I'm just saying, it just seems like an easy correlation between those two, given you know their connection to music and in the entertainment field. Kind of like what we say about Stephen A. Smith. Is this yeah. generation's Howard Cosell? Yeah. Yeah, you know he is. He, he really is. But but, but his, his hair is real. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, anyway, Sam and Gray, we have Mr. Fricky following us today. Um, Garrett, we're working on that. We're gonna find out because we're all in for for other people on this first day of January. We're gonna get out of here top of the hour. But let's spend some time and talk about this matchup because I I, I don't think we've ever given our pick as to who we think will win these games and end up in the national championship. So here's our opportunity. You can tell why. And, and I mean, initially, I thought everybody was landing on that Alabama bandwagon. 
And these last, I'd say, 24, 36 hours, a lot of people are starting to swing over toward Michigan. I don't know if it's just the natural nature of the conversation, but I, I, I you know. Well, Michigan is the number one seed. They are know. the number one seed. But then you talk about who's playing better going into these playoffs, right? So, and is everybody completely sleeping on Washington and and, uh, and Texas? No one sleep on Washington. I think everybody feels like Texas will win that game. Um, I think that's what a lot of people feel. Th- that could be the one that could be more interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first one up would be Alabama and Michigan. And because of, you know, Alabama being the lone representative from the Southeastern Conference, a lot of people will watch to see if they can go out and perform the way they did uh, against Georgia and then be that team that performed the back half of the season. The first half of the season, remember, this Alabama team was in turmoil. They didn't know what who the quarterback was going to be. They, they just, you know, they managed to survive the first half of the season. I mean, the loss at Texas, they, they had to fight to survive at South Florida, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even with the back half of the season playing so well, they needed a miracle at the end to beat Auburn. Um, so, I mean, that's the thing about this Alabama team. They've looked more like Alabama in you know, the last few games. And I think that's why a lot of people are behind them. They look kind of like what Alabama was. And if Nick Saban gets you to this point, he's, he's got some things for you. Just remember that. He gets to this game. Um, he, he, he brings out something very special. So I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama is the winner today. Okay. I, I'm right with you there. But you know how on game day they don't have Kirk Herbstreet call or pick a game that he's going to be announcing that night? You know, you know how they do that? I'm going to recuse myself from this announcement <laughs> for this game for uh, obvious for obvious reasons. Okay, yeah, you know, I'm just going. That to, sounds like a Michigan pick, right? I'm, there. No, no, I'm just, I'm just. I listen. I want to put my head down tonight and, and and go to sleep without anybody, you know, any thoughts of somebody, you know, snarling at me because of my pick. So, well, I mean, Jim Harbaugh. Do you know the last time he won a bowl game? Stanford. Was it at Stanford? Was it at Michigan? No, it wasn't at Michigan. Was well, Michigan. a bowl game or a, a big one? A bowl game. Okay. He's 2-7 and seven in bowl games, by the way. Oh, yeah. He hasn't won since 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there is such a coaching edge in this. And, that, and it's, it's, I'm not saying that Jim Harbaugh is a bad coach, but there is a tremendous coaching edge in this game. You're telling me you're going to give me three weeks of Nick Saban to prepare? Uh, yeah. Uh, sign me up for that. You know, at, at the end of the day, and it's like, look, you, I mean, Sam, you talked about the way teams are trending. I'm going to look at specific players for this one. J.J. McCarthy had a great season. His season, ta- I don't want to say it tanked, but it it trailed off when we got to the latter half of 2023 what, at the what? same time that the competition leveled up. Yeah. You know, as soon as you started right. playing better opposition and, and all they had to do was run the football and they, they, look they found success running the ball and he had efficient games I, I'll, I'll give him credit for that it was like seven of eight against Penn State for 60 yards and then against uh, Ohio State he was like 16 of 20 for like a buck 50 you're not going to be able to do that against Alabama like I'm uh, all respect due he needs to step up his game if he wants to lead this team to a win against Alabama on the other hand you have a Jalen Milrow who is I'd say playing some of the best football of the season right now. And a lot of that has to do with the designed runs that he's getting. Uh, Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator who came down from Notre Dame, really started using him on these designed runs here over the last couple of weeks. I mean, he has had 37 total this season designed runs, and the majority of those came against 
Ole Miss, LSU, and Georgia. He had six, nine, and six in those three games. Those were the three biggest games of the season for him. I don't think that's a coincidence, and I think that he uses his legs on designed carries throughout the course of this game today, and they win the game. No arguing with you that that guy is, is trended upward. My only pushback to everything that you said was when you, you came to the conclusion about why Alabama was going to win it, given the last few games of what Michigan showed you. And, and what you're going to hear from that fan base is that they had to pivot. Not talking about that, you know, the, the, the SEC championship game. Talking about those last three where they didn't have the coach on the sidelines and they were, they were making adjustments. And so the Michigan team that you will see in this game against Alabama has not well, I haven't been together because they have put plays back in. They have done things differently because Harbaugh's suspension, not only in the beginning of the season, but also at the end of the season. Quarterback, I'm not even going to get into a conversation about that. J.J. McCarthy is not uh, equal to what Milrow has done. And, and that was his decline or not showing what he showed you early in the season was part of that not having Harbaugh on the sidelines. They had to change things around and, and, and rest on a – a running game mostly, and yet they persevered. So again, I'm not saying that they're going to win this, but if you if you come to your conclusion about Alabama, and mind you, there's only one play that keeps them in this conversation. They don't make that fourth down play against an Auburn team. We know. It, it's funny too, Sam, because you can actually look at two plays that will have changed the course of not only the entire college football playoff system uh, season, but also could possibly change the NFL playoffs with what happened with Dallas and Detroit and having Detroit have that game ripped from them. Two plays and change the seeding of what's happening with with uh, the playoff system in Alabama would even be part of the conversation had they not made that play. But you know what? They made that play. They made the play. They made the play. So yeah, everybody else got to shut up and sit down and deal with what you have right now. I get it. I just don't know that it's so easy to dismiss you know, it's hard to argue with Jarrett when he says you give Nick, you know, get Nick Saban all this time to prepare. I, I got no retort to that. Um, but all I'm saying is those folks up north in Ann Arbor are going to tell you you haven't seen the team that's going to show up tonight because they've had to pivot so many times over this last month well, or the games that they had. Real Pat. quick, one important yeah. thing, one one note that I just want to make as far sure. as running the football is concerned, Blake Corum, one of the best finishers in all of college football. I think yeah. he's got 24 or something like that, just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I think he's got like 23, 24, 25, something like that. 20, rushing 24. touchdowns. 24, 24 rushing touchdowns. Yeah. I want to say all but one of those have come from outside or from inside of the, the five-yard line. Every single one. of He finishes drives. You hand him the football, and he's scoring. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's it Just at the end of the day, he is not going to be stopped when you get down into that spot. And uh, but one thing that we saw specifically in the Big Ten championship game against a pretty stout Iowa defense, and, and look, before I say the stat, the Michigan game plan in that game is, is obviously completely different than what it would have been if they had a team that you know could actually play a lick of offense. But Zach Zinner goes down. He is the All-American guard who is critical to the success of that offensive line. He has the, I think it was a knee injury or something against Ohio State, they managed 66 yards on the ground in that game against Iowa. That's two yards per carry. I, uh, again, like I'm just saying, like there are little little things that are trending towards Alabama. I understand Michigan's favorite in this game, and Michigan, uh, look, Vegas doesn't do a lot of things wrong, but I, I just don't understand how you could bet against Alabama in this spot. Well, again, we'll we'll see. Um, and and again, I. 
the chip on the shoulder that Michigan brings to this matchup, doing everything that you talked about in Harbaugh, getting a quality bold win and getting to that national championship game, that chip I don't think is nearly as big as the one that Texas has. Because Michigan's still going to be in the Big Ten next year, and they know that they still got to beat Ohio State. They got a couple, couple big teams coming in from from out west. But Texas is like wants to kick the door into the SEC and make an announcement. And what better way to do that than win this whole thing? And as Sam says, coming in with a whole pocket full of money too. Yep, coming so, in with deep wallets. You invite, you invited them. Yeah, you did. You know what I mean? You invited them in. Just, just when they come in here and start kicking everybody's behind, just remember that you invited them in. All right, listen. We are uh, we're gonna make way. I, I didn't I didn't hear because again we're not at the studio. Did, did Mr. Fricky in uh, behind us here, Garrett. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I just want to make sure he's in, he's in though. I just want yes, he's joining. Okay. So as we head on out of here, Mr. Crenshaw, enjoy the rest of your New Year's Day. Will do. You do as well. And we want to thank Garrett Chapman for everything that you have done providing to the show. We love, man, we miss working with you, and, and thank you for today. For everybody else, thank you for letting us be a part of your New Year's Day. Sam and I will be back next weekend in our usual spot. Happy New Year, everybody. It's Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.